Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, Whorehounds, and welcome to Now Slain, an It Slays podcast production where we break down the latest and greatest in the world of horror. I'm your humble host, Rowan. I'm Jill. Yeah, if you didn't know, we have Jill on the show again, because Colton uh, was tired. He, he, he just said, I gotta give it over to the foreign correspondent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta... Yes, gotta take a break. It's okay, Colton. That's that's how we're doing it. So trusted the ship with us. I don't know how smart that was. Not smart. But uh, tonight we are reviewing uh, Hellraiser 2022, which is a remake uh, that came out. I guess technically yesterday. We're recording this. It's like two, almost two a.m. my time uh, on Saturday. But it came out Friday evening. Uh, so let's start off, Jill. How familiar are you with Hellraiser and kind of Hellraiser as a, you know, iconic horror movie, but also as like a series of movies? And also let us know, you know, were you looking forward to this remake? Um, Yeah. So actually, we kind of talked about this in like the last episode, I think it was, when I first saw the first Hellraiser film. Uh, like last month and so far it's still the only one I've seen besides this one so I'm like the worst person for this but like also the best person because I only know the first one (laughs) I don't know shit about anything else Um, so yeah I really liked it it really stuck with me and became like really quickly one of my favorite horror films Um, and even though I've I've only seen it just now I still have this like nostalgic attachment to it um, and then my friend told me that they were remaking this movie with a female pinhead and there was like a lot of drama about it. And I was like, that sounds really good. So I've been looking forward to it. And I think they're also making a series on another streaming platform yes. relatively in the near future. Um, but yeah, so uh, one of the things for me is like uh, I didn't really do much research about this. So I kind of expected this to be a whole remake of the first movie, like same plot and everything. So I was like super surprised when I watched it and it was a whole new plot, um, but it was still really good. And I was going to say, so for me, I've talked about it. I mean, Jesus, a ton of times uh, that this is like in my top five horror movies. I think the very first episode we ever did of It Slays, we listed our top five favorite horror movies. And I'm pretty sure this made the cut uh, for me. I have super nostalgia for this. I saw this when I was like probably five or under and I always watched it. I've owned it on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. This is one of my mom's favorite horror movies. So she showed this to me when I was a kid. So I have like that nostalgia to it. You know, I don't know how messed that up that is as an adult now that uh, she was showing showing (laughs) me this uh, leather BDSM gory slimy horror movie. But I love it. And then, yeah, I mean, I had heard the, you know, grumblings, the mumblings of... This being remade, they've been trying to remake Hellraiser forever. It was one of those projects that just seemed it was always stuck in developmental hell. And then, yeah, I'd say within the last year or two, we kind of got kind of very confusing for me because 
we we were told, oh, there's a movie coming. And then kind of at the exact same time, they were like, oh, also HBO's working on this show and it's Hellraiser also. So I was always like, what? Maybe, like maybe there's something going on here. Uh, from my understanding, this got, like, this definitely got the blessing of Clive Barker, but I think he has more to do with the show coming with from HBO. I think he's, like, an actual writer. Uh, I don't think he's directing it. So, uh, yeah, when I heard this game was coming, I was excited. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, I was super excited to see, you know, them go in a different a different direction with Pinhead, which, you know, is kind of what they started to announce. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, get into the trailer. We'll get into the bio, and then we will uh, be back to talk about it. It's time. So Hellraiser 2022 is directed by David Bruckner and written by Luke Petrowski and Ben Collins. And the bio is as follows. Unlock your fears. A young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box. Unaware that his purpose is to summon the Cenobites, a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. So, us here at It Slays on Now Slaying uh, like to keep it spoiler-free to start off with. So, Jill, I'm going to ask you your spoiler-free thoughts on Hellraiser 2022. Alright, so I think the biggest thing for me about this film is that it was really beautiful visually like it was a really nice treat to look at yeah so I really like what they did with the Cenobites um I think in the first part all of the main Cenobites were all female and I thought that was pretty cool but later on they added in some male ones if they even have gender but the biggest thing that I really liked was that it was like really pretty looking but in a really grotesque way like the pins had like that nice pearl end and they were just like dainty um but they were like strategically placed to be super disgusting like in between tendons on the hand and I don't know it was disgusting but it looked really good and um on Pinhead also the makeup was really well done all the costumes were really nice um, they had this like really cool like gold thing on like her trachea and the way that they like lift up all the skin and everything was really cool. I don't know. I really liked how everything looked, especially the Cenobites, uh, but also like all the puzzle things in like that mansion. They spend a lot of, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, they spend a lot of time in the mansion and it's like all really intricate, uh, mazy and puzzly, but it all serves a purpose. And I think that's really cool. So that's my biggest thing is that it is really beautiful and I think the climax of the movie is also pretty epic I thought like you I mean this definitely has a like a sheen to it I was a pretty big fan of David Bruckner's other horror entries which he directed uh the Ritual, as well as Nighthouse, and I was a pretty big fan of Nighthouse, and, and he definitely has a look to his films. Uh, they're, like, very clean, I guess very, almost like, uh, I wouldn't say, like, an elevated horror, but just a, a very modern, modern look, 
modern cleanness to them, which, I mean, I think, to me, helps and doesn't help with it. I, I think kind of the beauty of the original Hellraiser uh, is that it's, like, gritty, and, and it doesn't have that sheen, and it, it's just, like gory and slimy and I think the best description ever of it was I think the first time I ever watched it uh with Exilia she said that watching it made her feel gross (laughs) and I was like yeah that's exactly what Clive Barker wanted this to feel like Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I was a little disappointed that I, I felt it didn't have that kind of look. I mean, I, I don't think you would ever pull that look off today, just with, like, digital and nah. all that kind of stuff. I was pretty big fan. I thought they did a good job with the score. The fanboy in me got really excited that I was a little concerned because they made you wait, like, 40, 45 minutes till they finally just give you, like, those strokes of the original score. And I was like, ugh, like, I love the score from the original film, and I thought they incorporated chords and stuff from it uh, really really well the cinematography looked beautiful just like i said like i i thought they did a really good job especially in the latter half of this where i'll get more into it in in the spoiler section but i think this movie definitely flips halfway through it into what it is trying to do and what kind of horror movie it's it's kind of trying to be like but yeah i'd say really uh, the biggest thing for me would be uh, if you're planning on going to watch this and you're only going to listen to our spoiler-free thoughts on it, is don't go, like Jill said, don't go in expecting it to be like a shot-for-shot remake or just a, a remake like we see so many of that is just retelling the story. This really is like its own thing. They change some of the rules of the game in this and, and you know, the Cenobites act differently. They, they Like, everything's different. It's kind of David Bruckner's own vision of it. So, before we get into the spoiler section, would you recommend people watch this? Is it worth their time? I think so. So um, I think it takes a little bit to kind of get into it, um, especially like we just said, if you're expecting something like the original, it's more like a modern sequel than anything or like a retelling, but not the, the same story. Uh, and one thing that I, I didn't like about it, and this is a very tiny nitpick, is that the first one felt really Clive Barkery. Uh, I mean, the original, it felt, you know. It was like really British and it was dark and spooky and gritty. And this one is like glossy and it's new and it's very like Gen Z. Uh, it's also like Americanized more and modernized. So I don't know how I feel about it being so Americanized. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a departure, but it's a good departure. And also the pacing was a little bit slower. So it takes a while to kind of get into it, but it, it's worth it like a slow burn yeah i'm pretty much the same like i think uh i think it's worth a watch to me i i'd hope that if you're not familiar with hellraiser maybe you know i know a lot of people that don't like to watch older horror movies they only really like you know 2010 and onwards that i'm hoping if you watch this it 
opens your curiosity up to, uh, you know, check out at least the first two movies. I know uh, this franchise is kind of made fun of that pretty much after two that it it just kind of gets ridiculous and into some straight to VHS just really bad movies but you know one and two I think are kind of real classics uh, and especially in this so hopefully it'll help people to uh, yeah rediscover what Hellraiser is all about so with that uh, you know let's stop tiptoeing because me and Jill are terrible we're the two probably worst people to not spoil things so uh, let's cut on over to the spoiler section So, spoilers, now we can talk, Jill. Now we can talk and not tiptoe and not have, you know, Colton listening to this episode and (laughs) being like, man, what are these guys doing? I think it's important. I I do want to talk about uh, Jamie Clayton for a little bit because I think that's kind of, you know, if for some reason you're listening to this section and you're just not going to watch the movie or you went and watched the movie, that's what everyone wants to talk about. We want to... We want to talk about how is this pinhead uh, compared to the old pinhead, and you know, I think uh, I think Jamie held her own. I was I was very skeptical just because I mean, Pinhead is such an iconic character that I was really worried. But I knew I shouldn't have been because, amazingly enough, we don't call her Pinhead. Uh-huh. Which, which is amazing because, you know, Clive Barker has always said that, you know, it, the fans called him Pinhead. I never called him Pinhead. He didn't like Pinhead. In books after the Hellbound Heart where Pinhead showed up, uh, it, he was always called like the Hell Priest, which I, in this one, I think is she is credited as the priest. The priest. You know, I was pretty impressed that... Uh, it was called the Hell Priest. I did really like the effects they used on her voice. Yes. I That was another thing that really worried me because obviously uh, with Bradley, we like they put a lot of effects on his voice. So it's like this very menacing, like and like angelic, but like demonic voice. And I was like, oh, are they just going to have Jamie talk? And it's gonna, like, are, are they going to really, like, feminize the voice? Or what are they going to do? And I just thought it was, like, the perfect effect where it was just, like, a beam, but it wasn't masculine. It wasn't feminine. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I think it's really funny that you just called Doug Bradley uh, his voice heavenly. Like, what what kind of... Anyway. Um <laughs> Moving on. I really like the voice, too. That was one thing I was worried about. And they took their sweet time kind of, like, honing in on that. Like, there's so much suspense about it. And it's a long time before you get to see her in the movie as well. Like, it's yeah. not like the first one where it's, like, you know, immediately it's there. You wait a long time to see her. And when you do, it's glorious. Uh, she looks amazing. And then the voice as well is, like, it, it's perfect. It's, like you said, the, it's not really genderized, but it's... It's very powerful, and it's, like, kind of scary. I don't know. She was definitely my favorite thing about the whole movie, 100%. Yeah, well, and I think that was a interesting but good play, I also thought, was... I mean, one of my criticisms of the movie is I don't really... I think there's, like, probably a strong 80-minute movie in this. 
I, I don't think it needed to be two hours. Uh, I, I thought it was a little, a little dragged out. The characters were almost too likable, I thought. I mean... Clive Barker is, especially with Hellraiser, I mean, the characters usually are not likable, and, it, like, that's kind of its thing, like, you know, you don't ever feel bad, these are kind of, like, bad people that are, are seeking out, the you know, these pleasures and sensations and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that we waited waited so long and it, it definitely paid off. I'm gonna say I didn't love the other Cenobites. <laughs> Unlike you, I wasn't a fan of the costumes. I wasn't oh, really? I wasn't feeling the skin as like the clothes. And I mean that's just I'm sure that's just cause I love like the leather look. I like I just I think the original costumes are so iconic. That's true. I mean, it also, like I said, uh, you know, in the non-spoiler that has to do with the the skin costumes is it's because the movie has this sheen that's just kind of like new movie sheen. I was like, they should be way more gory and gruesome. And I just I thought they looked too clean. And I was just like, they're not slimy they're not like i don't i don't feel gross i want to feel gross i i want them to creep me out i i wasn't feeling anyone else other than the hell priest that was pretty much it and like most modern movies i just like i said i i just thought i don't know the main the main cast like i don't know i just really didn't care about them i was i was like okay like you know the main character is like an addict you're dealing with this addiction. I was like, ah, like, whatever. I was like, you know, I think just because of the history, I was like, all right, let's just get to uh, to the chains. Let's just get these yeah. chains <laughs> grabbing and pulling apart these people. Yeah, the chains are really cool. I'm interested in your thoughts on uh, on kind of the, the twist in it. Because what I found was interesting with Bruckner's decision, the kind of wait an hour and then I felt it kind of went like a haunted house type theme more so than like the first act which was just kind of visions so I was just like interested in your thoughts I thought it definitely was a stronger second half than it was in the first I agree um in the beginning it took me a while to kind of get warmed up to it especially the very beginning where it's um you know, leading into, like, the box and everything. Uh, The actor that played the guy who gets sacrificed, he was, like, really, like, Twilight acting awkward. And I was like, is this whole movie going to be like this? Because if so, it's going to be terrible. Um, But that was just him. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Like, the the hidden walls and the hidden doors and all the buttons. It was super cool. It was really intricate with like all the metal mazes that they use and things like that. Um, But I really like the double walls thing and how they have um, the Vite guy just like chilling in there waiting. Also talking about that guy, I was like perplexed about how he had like all of this like machinery inside of his body and he's like wearing a suit and it's like a little bloody and stuff but like how does he spend all this time like this and like does he get dressed every day and like how does this work? But anyway. I kind of assumed that that was just the suit he was wearing when it <laughs> happened to him and he just hasn't changed out of the it's suit. Too clean, bro. I mean, uh, unless he's just getting custom suits made here with 
tears in them. And I mean, Voight was kind of my other big issue with it, because I just think Frank from the original is such a good villain. He was such an asshole. Such an asshole. We're like, (laughs) to me, like, Voight, yeah, he, like, he sacrifices that guy at the beginning, but it was like, I just didn't feel that disgusted or angry at him, like... Frank in the original, I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, it's nasty. This guy's banging like Buddy's wife and yeah. all this stuff. We're like, void. I was like, okay, like we saw him like sacrifice this one person, but that's it. Like, we don't really know anything else about him. Like, we don't really know until the ending of this movie, like what his pursuits were for this. So, like, there was no motivation for the entire film. Which I just, I thought was a a weird choice. I'm just, I'm very interested, I think, to finding out now that it's out, I guess, what kind of studio expectations were put on this. Because, (laughs) and I, I say this, I don't know if I say this meanly or not, because I'm a, anyone that knows, I'm a big fan of, like, the, the Escape Room movie. Uh, like, I thought that was, like, awesome PG teen horror, but, like, that's the vibes I was getting, which is not the vibes I want in Hellraiser. <laughs> it's like I said, I just felt like the gore was muted, like, everything was just kind of, like, we could go to this extreme, but we're gonna, like, bring it back a little bit so that it's more accessible to people. Yeah. Yeah, like, to me, I think that's really what kind of holds this movie back from being, like, an awesome re-imaging is just the fact that, like, you should have went gory. There's so many scenes that, like, we either, like, quickly cut away or, like, we just get implied gore, or, yeah. like, gore's about to happen, and then something happens, and it stops, and it doesn't. And I was just like, you know, if this was if this was the original, if this was Clive Barker's, like, we would uncomfortably stay on this gore, and it would be these awesome, gooey, practical effects and, and camera tricks, and... But unfortunately, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah, they very much tried to stray away from that. Like, uh, when people were sacrificed and the chains were pulling them apart, like, you would just see a little splatter sometimes. Sometimes just a splatter, that's it. And so they really do shy away from that, which is, like, what I really liked about the original is, like, that really cheap looking like dirty blood like it's it's yeah i love it uh, and it's not here and i wonder if that's like a conscious decision because they're trying to you know make it more modern i don't know if like uh the newer generations are like really are they into gore um because i feel like they're pandering to that a little bit with other aspects of the movie so i'm just wondering if that's a part of it i mean it, it very well could be because i mean that was kind of the weird you know you talk about the gen z territory that's like the weird way i felt watching this because i was like oh man i'm really not that guy but I was like, this movie, like, I was like, they're definitely pandering to, like, these archetypes of, like, modern horror. So I was like, you know, we have, like, The Addict, we have, like, you know, the gay brother, the gay brother's friend. But I was like, none of these people are ever explored outside of these just, like, typical archetypes. Like, oh... Like, we have a gay guy in it. Like, oh, like, I mean, it's not impressive that you did that. Like, make these guys, make them characters. Make them likable. Get them depth, because they certainly really didn't have that, uh, which was sad. Even the main character, she was cool. 
but it, I don't know, they could have done more there. You know, I think, uh, you know, Clive Barker himself would argue that, you know, his, uh, his main, his main girl in the original, I mean, Clive Barker hated her. Uh, after they made the movie. Uh, and, you know, I didn't think she did great in that, so maybe this is just, like, a tradition of having bad <laughs> female leads in the Hellraiser movies. Uh, you know, I thought competent. Competent is the word I'm like, like, she was competent. Yeah, I don't think she was, I don't think she was great. But she was confident in what this was. And I think everything we're kind of saying, it, it just kind of goes when people talk about, like, you know, the, this kind of new age, like, CW horror, where it's just like, I, I was very upset this wasn't going to theater. And now that I've watched it, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, I'm like... <laughs> This was, like, me just for, like, people that, you know, watch the CW and just want something that's pretty easy to digest and you don't Jesus. really have to think very much. And, and that's just kind of the vibe I got from it, where I just think the legacy and, like, what you can do with with this, and especially, like I said, like... This is what was disappointing to me about these archetypes of the gay characters is like the original Hellraiser, you know, especially looked at now is is like a iconic kind of, you know, queer horror film now. Like it's looked at it in that lens. I mean, how can you not? And it's just so many awesome things in it that are kind of unintentional so to me, I was just like, I feel like we should be taking that kind of reflection and thoughts on how we look at the original and like where you could really do some stuff with this and really kind of, you know, talk about stuff and themes. And it's just like, no, we just want to be like it's a movie that people will talk about for a week. And then it's very safe. They made very safe decisions when it came to, like, the plot and characters, but they went all out on the visuals. Um, like, the characters in the original are very polarized. Like, you, you like them, or you hate them, or whatever. And here, you've got a drug addict, but it's all very gray. Like, obviously, she's trying to get better, so you have sympathy for her. And everyone else, they're not a total piece of shit, except for, you know, like, a couple people. And even then, they don't have much depth to them, so... It's very safe. I felt we got, like, a little glimpse of what could have been at the ending. Like, I did like when Voight kind of, you know, gets lifted up. and I, Yeah, and kind of gets turned into a, a Cenobite as his, you know, punishment or reward, depending on how you want to look at it. And, I, like, I thought that was cool. I was like, this is kind of what I was expecting. Like, they rip off the skin on his mouth. and It was nasty all over the place and I was like this is cool and I was almost accepting of like the costume change with the Cenobites where I was like this is cool like we're seeing how they make the outfits on them but it was just yeah like other than that like I just felt like a lot of the kills were just like it was kind of like whatever like okay like there wasn't anything amazing that I was like oh yeah this is awesome I really like the Nora kill oh yeah uh where um the Cenobite takes out the pin and yeah. like slowly, like I think they put it like through her cheeks or something. That was really cool. And they did it very like slowly and intentionally. So you could see everything. Uh, that was probably like my favorite kill. I know we're not doing that, but <laughs> I wanted to. I, I would say to me, that was probably the second best one. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, whatever. What, what's number one? I'm saying number one is the ending to me. Number, I guess he doesn't really die, but 
right. I I did appreciate that, and you know, I I, I like it because obviously they've opened it up to that they can, you know, we we can continue to make these. I know Clive Barker's been on the record that said he enjoyed consulting with David Bruckner and he hopes that he wants to continue. I mean, of course, Clive Barker wants to continue. He's getting paid uh, for these. Oh, I was going to say Doug Bradley as well. I don't know if it's so much a blessing, but I know that he really liked the costumes and makeup stuff yeah so that's cool to know yeah well i you know i think it's great you know like i said to me all my complaints are kind of personal preferences so i mean you know you listen listen to me or you don't listen to me whatever it 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 doesn't matter the only other real uh kind of complaint i had to is i didn't like the addition uh to the lore of the, the box like grants a wish which was really to me kind of like weird i mean i get it they kind of needed it in there to push the story with her trying to get the brother back which like i said is is where i think it just falls apart because in all the original ones like these guy you know these guys or gals who get the box are, are you know, they're kind of pieces of shit. You know, they've seen everything. They've been everywhere. They, they, they want all the pleasures of life. They're just like greedy people. So it's like, you know, once they, they get that, that pain for pleasure, like, it's awesome. Where this, it was just kind of like... Yeah, I was like, uh, now I've got to, like, feel good for these characters. I want them to escape and all that stuff. I just want these guys to be pieces of shit. I just want to see them get ripped (laughs) apart by chains. I will say uh, a big plus was I definitely, you know, high-pitched screamed and loved it when uh, the Hell Priest, they did make sure that uh, she said, we have such sights to show you. Which obviously is like the iconic pinhead line. And I was just like, yes, fuck yes. Like anything like that that just strokes my fanboy love. Fan service. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess overall for me, I would just say take it what it is. Uh, Hopefully you're watching this and uh, you're using your uh, Panussi at the same time. Oh, yeah. Check out Panussi's. Yeah. Jill Jill showed me a picture of them. It's just like, it's just a flashlight, but pinhead. So if you're into uh, having sex with flashlights and having like pins pushed into your skin at the same time. Yeah. It's very a niche market, but. Yeah. We, I I only own like five or six of them. So. I have like 10. Oh, geez. Geez. But since the Christmas season is upon us, uh, you can use a quote from the movie. Gifts cannot be ungiven. Exchanges can only be made. <laughs> if someone gives you a shitty gift this Christmas, just go I like Hellraiser. That. There you go. Are we good to go in the rating? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right, so our rating system is nay, okay, yay, or slay. Jill, what would you give Hellraiser? Oh, dear. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with a yay. Um. I really liked it visually. Um, the only qualms I had with it were, like we said, the plot could have been a little bit deeper. And I went in like an idiot expecting uh, kind of the first movie. And this is kind of like a, a sequel, really. But anyway, yeah. So I, I like it. Go watch it. It's a yay for me. And uh, I am going to give it an okay. 
okay. I, uh, like I said, I had a lot of issues with it. Uh, I think you're better off just to watch the original one and the second one. It, this does leave me curious about how the TV show is going to work out. And what they're going to do with that. Um, I'm all for more of these being made. I guess sequels. Like I, I am interested to see how they go. Just because I enjoyed like the Hell Priest so much. That I just. I, I, I thought they did a really great job on that. I wanted to see more of her. But other than that. Yeah. Like like I said with the recommend. Like you know. Watch it. Because everyone else is watching it. In the just next couple weeks. It's spooky season, so watch it. But uh, I just, I feel like most new horror movies, this probably isn't going to have like a lasting uh, effect on people. And it's just going to kind of come and go, sadly. So, uh, yeah, just an okay from me. So all that is left, really, is to do some shameless promo, which I haven't done in forever. Because normally Colton is on these and he's doing it. Uh, so if you want to follow us on social media, we're on everything like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Slasher, Tumblr. You know, if there's a social media, we're probably on it. It slays podcasts on everything. Also, go to Spotify because it is spooky season. Yeah, get some spooky music on. I'm adding stuff to the playlist every day from movies we review or iconic horror movies that we love. So, go to Spotify. It's the It Slays Podcast Horrific Playlist. Also, on all our social media and our link tree, there's a link to it and you can... uh, yeah, go click it and listen to it. Uh, if there's anything else to promote, I I can't remember. So, <laughs> guess what? This is the kind of hosting job you get on Now Slaying when Colton is in here. God damn it, Colton. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Jill for uh, joining us. You guys are going to be listening to this uh, on a Sunday this weekend, and we will be uh, having Jill again on the full episode because uh, we will be doing Trick or Treat. So, yeah, make sure to get ready and watch Trick or Treat. Get your drums for that. I'm sure we'll be a lot more prepared for the uh, big full episode. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's everything for now. Uh, Thank you for all the support. Thank you for listening. And if you keep listening, we'll keep slaying. (laughs) 